Hi guys, Paul here from Melbourne Performance Coaching and the Complete Personal Trainer Podcast. So we're going to be sticking with the topic of communication for today. And with communication, I had a post come up not that long ago where I talked about five of the most common mistakes that trainers make when communicating with clients. Uh, very common for see fitness professionals to shame goals, to talk about how it's bad, that people want to tone, uh, talking over clients to demonstrate your so-called intellectual superiority, superiority uh, getting bored answering the same questions, not speaking to the client on their level, and finally, the fixer narrative. So this is the one I wanted to dive into today. Um, the fixer narrative is basically when you tell a client everything that they've got wrong with them and that you're the one who can fix them and can provide them with the answers. And I'm seeing it a lot on social media at the moment uh, where it's real a real dichotomy where people are saying absolutely never to give the client any kind of fixer type narrative versus some people who are gloating about how fast they can solve their client's problems and that they can fix them using their magic that they have. And I wanted to dive into this one because this is something where I've fallen prey to both uh, aspects of that narrative over time. So in the past, I've done a lot of musculoskeletal treatment and I'm pretty good at it. Uh, and so a lot of time people would come to me and like, yeah, I can fix that, I can fix that, I can fix that, was the attitude that I brought to it. And this wasn't really the most helpful attitude because A, if it didn't work, it was a real letdown for those clients. And B, the other thing with the fixer narrative is it made people dependent on me and it took away their autonomy over the situation and their ability to get better. So uh, what we want to do as personal trainers with the fixer narrative, it kind of actually starts off from our marketing and how we speak to people in that and then how we present ourselves during our assessments and consultations with our clients. So in our marketing, it's more our organic marketing than our paid for marketing because paid marketing won't, at least on social media, won't allow you to say that you can fix things and you can solve back pain and all those other things because it doesn't let you do anything on social media, paid marketing. So we don't really need to worry about that. Organic marketing, promoting the fixer narrative is a pretty harmful way to be doing things uh, in terms of saying, yeah, I solve all these clients' problems because A, you probably don't. It's probably just the body healing over time. Most of the time, that is where it is. And you can't objectively prove that your intervention actually was the solution to that client's problem. So by doing that, you kind of, it's kind of a disingenuous way of marketing yourself to your clients and or to your potential clients and getting an outcome from that. So that isn't as big a deal. The bigger deal is when you're actually doing your consultation process with your clients. So I'm a big advocate of movement screens. Uh, that's not really a secret. I'm a big advocate of assessment. Uh, again, not really a secret. And there's a bit of a pushback against assessment. Of course, you're going to do the same type of stuff with people regardless. Yes to a point, no, if you're going to do a really good job. So if you are assessing people, what you're looking for with the assessment, how you should phrase it and how you should present it and sell it to your clients is that you're not looking at doing the assessment to find out what's wrong with them. You're looking to optimize their training program from that and to really capitalize on their strengths and where they can get better. And so you can design a program without having to mess around with stuff. That's not really the most useful thing for them, but it's going to put them in the direction of what they can do best already and what they can succeed with. So for example, with the movement screen I do, it screens uh, leg raise variation. And that's kind of the screen that we use to go into a deadlift progression. And then there's a 
couple of different assessments that come from that based on someone's results. So we, we test their uh, glute function, we test their reflexive core speed, we test their sternocostal angle, we test, there's another one I'm sure, uh, passive hamstring and passive hip mobility to see what kind of impacts they're having on the overall leg raise screen that we're doing at the beginning. Now, we're not doing this to go, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, and we need to fix it and we can do that. That's not really what we're trying to communicate with the clients from it. What we're looking at is where can we basically avoid making mistakes in our programming rather than telling the client something wrong with them. So if a client comes to me with a crappy leg raise, um, I'm not gonna say, you've got a crappy leg raise, if you try and do a deadlift, you're gonna blow your back out and do a disc because that's, and you need me to fix it, that's not really a powerful narrative for the client. That's gonna really set them up for failure and set them up for potential injury. What I would do with communicating that to the client is say to them, hey, we found your leg raises here. I don't think deadlifts are gonna be the best use of your time right now. Let's do this instead and get some really awesome results. We'll deal with that in later. Soon enough, you'll be deadlifting anyway. How does that sound? We'll get some progress now, focus on what you're good at, and then we can deal with that down the track. You don't even have to bother with it. It's not the right thing for you. That's a much more powerful narrative because you're getting them to focus on something that they're going to be good at already and you're going to focus it from a performance outcome. If someone wants to do deadlifts and you find that they probably haven't got the orthopedic or the movement profile to do the deadlift, a better way to communicate it would be, hey, we found, we've done this screen. What I found is with some of the current uh, mobility and stability stuff we have happening, we're probably gonna struggle a little bit with deadlifts. We're not gonna hurt, we're just not gonna progress very fast and you'll find it frustrating. So let's focus on strengthening these muscles through this, this, this and that approach. Then we'll do a few key things to that. Soon enough, we'll be able to deadlift and when you do do it, you're gonna absolutely blast through the progressions. You'll be able to lift a heap of weight real quickly. How does that sound? So most people don't actually mind being told that they need to do something to be better at something. I approach it much more like a skill-based context rather than a pain and injury-based context. And when you use a skill-based context, it's, a really e it's really easy to see how important uh, teaching things progressively is versus just letting people do things no with no regard for technique or form um, or anything like that. Because what we do know now is that technique and form doesn't have a huge bearing on someone's injury risk, but it does have a pretty good bearing on someone's performance. And there is an optimal technique for each individual, not for the exercise in general, but for each individual. So we, I often use an analogy of like shooting a basketball. You know, you can shoot a basketball any way you want, but if you get the right technique and you do it well, you're gonna be much more accurate down the track. So if we do a couple of preparatory drills, we're gonna get better outcomes later on. So if we can actually frame our approach in this way, we're gonna find we're gonna get a lot more out of our clients the client's gonna feel a lot more empowered by it, and they're gonna know that you're a coach who actually cares about their skill, about their performance, and their best outcomes, rather than going, oh, you're gonna get injured, I can fix you, or it doesn't matter how you lift, let's just go for it. It's finding that middle ground, again, where technique matters for performance reasons, and where you're giving them the best possible decisions that you can make for the program design with their success in mind. So guys, with the fixer narrative, that's what I'll talk about with that. I'll come back tomorrow or the next day and talk a little bit more in detail about some of the other issues with our communication with our clients. See you soon.